0: Paul Moore here with Herman Eben, and you're listening to Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. And right now, Herman, I know last time we were together we were talking about listening, but I have such a problem being present,
1: (laughs) opening my ears. Would you pray for me? (laughs) You have a problem listening? Is that what the deal is? Huh? Uh Huh? (laughs) Lord, we do thank you so much that you emphasize and you do state in your scriptures how important it is for us to pay attention to other people rather than thinking about ourselves. And one of the clear ways that we can exemplify paying attention to others is simply listening to them. Pray for this time that we'll be clear in our communication in your precious name. Amen. Amen. If you're hearing us for the first time, we've got a website, great relationships,
0: grnumeral You can go there, click on the radio tab, and you can listen to these other things we've talked about in review, Herman, as you were praying, all I could think of was the formula you
1: gave us for listening. That formula has been very beneficial to me to think about it, to help me understand. Yes, I do understand the concept of listening. I do understand I have two ears and that, that words come in my ears and that my brain processes it and I either understand it or I don't. I, I get that, but it really helped me to link some other things to it. And the things that I've linked to it that really helped me is humility focus and curiosity. And we just turned that into a formula, humility. It's not about me when I get into a conversation that's really necessary, really important. It's not about me anymore, therefore it's humility. Secondly, it's about focus, focus on them, pay attention to them. And then thirdly, curiosity. Am I going to be willing to be curious about how they're thinking? So if you think about those three elements you know, this isn't about me. I'm going to pay attention to them. Focus. I'm going to be curious about how they're thinking. Then I will have a wonderful opportunity, a great chance to be listening. So that's, that's what we refer to as the formula for listening. Humility, focus. Curiosity equals listening in relationships. It's too much somebody listening to us as opposed to us listening to them. It's because we're we are so focused on ourselves. It goes back to the common problem in relationships, right? You know, you're flashing your me. It's all about me. That's the problem. Instead of the solution, pursue the best for others patiently, kindly, sacrificially and unconditionally. And when you understand how to listen to somebody, it's so important for you to I mean, I I won't even say it that way. It's so interesting to see what a benefit it does for people when you just listen to them. Okay, so let me ask, where are the traps here? And by that,
0: I mean, I guess the, the steps I should be following. Am I supposed to be saying, am I listening? Why aren't I listening? Am I focused? And when I say that, I'm thinking about just an interpersonal discussion. You and I are talking. But, you know, I've been in people's offices where we're discussing something important and they're sitting there texting on their cell phone, they're not even looking at me.
1: Yeah, that's one of the key problems and that's the reason why we put in the second part of the formula, focus. You know, it's a matter of focusing on them. And uh, of course, every conversation you get into isn't necessarily a really important conversation. But when they are important conversations, you need a little trigger to tell you, it's time to pay attention. It's time to operate with this, with this formula, humility, focus, and curiosity. And the little trigger that I use, and it's, it works for a lot of people, is if I start recognizing this is a really important conversation. Eye contact is the thing that makes the difference for me. I am to, when I establish eye contact, it's like it's time to shut the mechanism down and op, <laughs> operate with this formula. That's the way it's supposed to go. So we, every one of us need a little trigger to help us do those types of things.
0: You know, our producer, Carl Munt, had asked that question. He said, You know, when I'm talking to my boys and they'll look away, is there any statistics to say, is it important for them to look at me in the eyes? Is it
1: wrong to say, will you please look at me? Well, I wish that I knew some statistics along that line, but I don't. Uh, I just know for myself that if I don't have eye contact, I'm more than likely not doing what we're going to be talking about today, observational listening. And notice what I said with that, observational listening. There are two components in that. It is seeing what I'm hearing that's what we're wanting you to eventually learn how to do. You had talked about that last time, but I've got one for
0: you. You don't have a statistic, but I know you're always saying where you look, you tend to go. Absolutely. So if I'm looking
1: at you, I'm going to be there. that's That's an interesting way to apply that. That's exactly right. If I'm looking at you, then my attention is more focused on you as opposed to something else. And In fact, one of the things that we talk about for people in their office, sometimes they have their office arranged in such a way that they're looking at their computer and the person is across the desk from them that comes in so they have this distraction of the computer there. They need to figure out how to get the computer out of the way so that they can just be looking at the person.
0: You know I used to do that Mm -hmm. um, back in my days, uh, financial services and stuff and I actually ended up having to put a small table in the other part of the room so I would get up from my desk away from the phone, away from the computer. And be present with them. And I found that it really changed the relationship and the confidence in me. You know, head office would send, hey, what do you think of your advisor? And they'd go, wow, he's really paying attention. Um, last time we were together, more to go to the website and listen to previous stuff, but the last time we were together, you gave me a bunch of don'ts as well. And yeah. I know
1: we don't have the time to go through all of them, but conceptually. Yeah, the, there's six don'ts that you can pay attention to here. Don't try to control the conversation. Let the conversation go where where it needs to go. That means that you are allowing them to tell you whatever's going on in their life and you will allow that to happen if you're willing to be curious about them as opposed to making it all about yourself, right? Uh, Secondly, don't give advice. That is something that ends up turning the story back to you. It's all about you then. And I'm not saying you can't give advice, but just steer clear of advice. You're in a listening mode, okay? You're, what What the American Psychological Association uh, uh, found was that if they just listened, 90% of the people were helped. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have to say a thing. And so that's, that's a, a great thing to consider. So don't control the conversation. Don't give advice. Don't judge. That's a very interesting one, because the minute you start judging what's coming out of their mouth, you're shutting down how they're thinking, and you really need to be understanding how they're thinking. Don't replace the speaker's story with yours, yeah, I had a situation like that happen to me right yeah, that's that just takes over. Uh, don't try to talk the speaker into or out of feelings. They're, they're hurting or they're ecstatic or whatever else, generally on the hurting side. Well, just give me a little smile. No, just listen. Just listen. Uh, and don't sympathize. That's the one that's most difficult for people to grab a hold of. Don't sympathize. And that is not one that I'm going to hold and be dogmatic about But I want you to empathize rather than sympathize. And the way we explain that, and you can see the definitions in the study guide, empathize means I see it through your eyes, but I'm not feeling it like you feel it. Because if I start feeling it like you feel it, then I'm going to lose objectivity. That's what sympathy does. It sees it through their eyes. It also feels it like they're feeling it. And more than likely, you're going to end up losing objectivity and not be able to listen anymore. So those are six don'ts that uh, you could uh, consider there that that, that might help in your, in your listening. Okay, so that was a real quick review of
0: the don'ts and the formula for listening. Now, the last time we were together, you went into it really in depth. So if you're hearing it for the first time, go back to the website, greatrelationships.com. Again, that's gr, numeral 8 com. Mm-hmm. You can also get and download that study guide that Herman was talking about where there's deeper material. Mm-hmm. But today we're
1: talking about observational listening. Right. Observational listening. And I want, it still is a little bit on the abstract side because everything that we're going to be talking about here requires lot lots. and lots and lots of practice. You're not going to just get this by these steps that I'm going to be offering to you here. I'm going to provide you six steps to be thinking about here and then it'll have a little bit more meat for it, but it'll still be on the abstract. So we'll talk about those. (laughs) (laughs) Something to look forward to.
0: Yeah. No pun intended. Okay. Again, the website is greatrelationships.com. That's (laughs) GRNumeral8relationships.com. observational listening right after this
2: great definitions for great relationships we have all asked what is forgiveness forgiveness is never abusing them for the wrong they did to you ever again not in thoughts, words, or actions. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now.
3: You know how you're always praying for a sign from God that you're meant to go to seminary? This is your sign. Seriously, I'm here to tell you about Grace. Grace School of Theology. It's free grace-based. The professor's, Are world-class. It's accredited, accessible, attainable, and oh yes, it's affordable. You can even complete your entire degree online, which means you don't have to move. Wouldn't it be great to have a deeper knowledge of the Word of God? Write this down, www.gsot.edu or call 877 476 Now get going!
0: Welcome back. You're listening to Great Relationships. That's GRNumeral8Relationships.com. Here with Herman Ebenes, He's telling us about observational listing, but I want to give a shameless plug, right? During his day job, Herman is also an executive coach, does a lot of teaching and training. And that website is GreatLeaders.com, GRNumeral8Leaders.com. And a lot of this material is presented in a slightly different and more in-depth way. So if you think, oh, these are just two Christians, I don't need to listen, wrong Oh, check it out. Okay. So before the break, you had given us
1: a formula and six stones for listening. But where do I really want to start? I'm going to give you six steps and it spells listen. But like I said, right before the break, it still is going to be somewhat abstract, there are enough things in here that you can make it tangible that you can start working on. But in reality, it's going to end with the most important step, which is practice. And we'll get there. But if you, want, if you have a pen and paper and you can be writing, you're not driving, I hope. You know? No, no, no. I'm driving, texting, and taking <laughs> oh, notes. Oh, good idea. Good idea. Not. <laughs> so if you do have the opportunity to take notes, then it spells listen. And so the L stands for limit Focus to only the speaker. And notice how this builds on the formula. Limit focus only to the speaker. That means that you're committed to hearing and understanding just the speaker. Make conversation about the speaker. It's not about you, as you, as you heard some of those don'ts. In fact, one of the smart things that you can do to let them know that you're listening is use the concept of semi-verbals, meaning, uh, mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shake your head, all those type of things to let them know that you're paying attention. And and some people teach that you're to do that and you're just kind of faking faking them out. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying you're tracking with them and you're letting them know that you're tracking with them by those semi verbals that you're saying. Okay, and, so I'm not doing just uh active listening nod my head. That's I'm right. Actually engaged That's right. And what we want you to be doing, let's let's mention this again. Why did we call it observational listening? Because we want you to be creating pictures, and that's the next next step that we're going to be coming to here. So make certain that you're limiting focus only to the speaker. That's where we want you to go. That's the L for in, in listen. The I in listen reinforces this observational listening mindset, which is image pictures more than hear words. I, image pictures, more than hear words. When you are doing this observational listening, you're seeing the conversation. For instance, I do a little uh, exercise often whenever we go through these steps, and I will read a description sort of like, I'll tell people, just close your eyes, don't don't worry about this, just close your eyes, and I'm going to read a description of something and see what comes to your mind. And I start reading about the Eiffel Tower. There's this tall structure that's more pointed on the top and broad at the base, and it's got three observational levels, and doesn't have an outer skin, it's mainly metal. And I don't tell them, obviously, that it's the Eiffel Tower. I just read all these words while they have their eyes closed. And then I ask them, so what did you see? Most of the time, they come back, well, I, I saw a big steel structure, was it the Eiffel Tower? Now, why do I do that? because I get people to recognize that your mind is geared toward assembling words into pictures. It's trying to make sense of things, and your mind does a better job when it sees a picture of something. Now, yes, our minds are geared for words also, yes, because that's the way you kind of create indices in the mind, an uh, old Latin phrase is around that mindset. but. Your mind is really geared for pictures, so if you can start learning how to turn a person's words into pictures, turn it into a movie, and you actually start watching a movie, and that really is the better way for you to listen. It's not just active listening, it's observational listening. Okay, I don't want to sidetrack us, but I've got a question here. Mm -hmm. Observational listening. What about the speaker's body language? I am not really all that interested in that. Uh, that. That is something that people do pay attention to. The way that I've learned this with Robert Fritz is I'm really not interested in their body language. I'm interested in the words coming out of their mouth more than anything else. So I'm interested in what you're saying, not how you say it. Right. I am very interested in the words that you're saying because at some point, the way we talk about this, if I'm sitting in a conversation listening to somebody and I'm trying to understand what's going on with them and I'm curious about how they're thinking, if I ask enough questions and I get them to talk to me enough, I may not have understood what was going on at the first, but it's sort of like a baggage carousel. Just think about it this way. (laughs) The words that come out of your mouth and if you're trying to struggle through something, it's. If if I don't understand it the first time, that baggage is going to come around again. It's going to, It's going to show up at some point. So I'm just interested in the words coming out of your mouth to start understanding what's going on in your mind. So it really is what I'm saying, not how I say it, but yeah. yet we pay big money to work on how to say it rather than what we're saying. In some regards, I am against uh, body language because it it teaches us to just speculate on things. Uh, I'm more interested in asking questions uh, of people rather than speculating. But anyway, the the, the, the first step is limit the focus. The second step is image pictures more than hear words. And then the third step is all about making certain that you are seeking facts with good questions s seek facts with good questions and when you are asking good questions that means that you're trying to cause that video that you have in your mind of this conversation to be more more robust, more full. So I'm listening to the conversation and if I'm turning it into pictures, there are parts of the video that are blank and I need to ask questions. Why is this there? Or what was going on before that or what was hap- what happened right after that? I'm trying to create the whole video in, in these pictures that I'm seeing. So if I am seeking facts with good questions, I'm filling in the blanks. Okay so in addition as you ask these questions it's really important that you don't get into a judgmental mode you stay neutral we talked about it last time that uh, a mentor uh, robert fritz he was talking to a person and they ended up saying you know i was about ready to kill them and uh, robert asked a question that I would never have asked, and you probably would never have asked, and probably nobody in the audience would have ever asked either. He simply said, is that a good thing or a bad thing? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, just just think about that. But I would have nodded my head and gone, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) (laughs) mm-hmm. Yeah, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Now, why did he do that again? Because it fits this idea of when you're listening and you're really trying to understand somebody, you're not trying to judge what comes out of their mouth. You're trying to understand how they think. That's what's so important. And if I'm judging what comes out of your mouth, I'm already uh, putting a bias on it. and I'm painting the picture possibly in an incorrect way. So the question that Robert asked about that person was about ready to kill them. He goes, well, is that a good thing or a bad thing? He's wanting to understand what was going on in that person's mind. Seeking facts with good questions. Good questions. That's right. Then the T stands for trust, simple and single questions trust simple and single questions what you are doing as a listener is recreate a video of whatever's going on in that person's mind you're trying to create this video and if you ask complex questions you're going to confuse your own pictures so ask simple and single question it's simply trying to figure out what's the simplest and most elegant question that i could ask right now that is going to get me some more information and make it easy on them to tell me. You're not trying to trick them. You're not trying to do anything. I'm not trying to trick them to give my answer. I want their answer. That's right. So, trust simple and single questions. Then the E in the listen, so we've done L-I-S-T, the E is ensure clarity and connection with summaries. Ensure clarity and connection with summaries. And this is something that most listening does teach, and that is simply, I want to summarize every once in a while as to where the conversation is at that point in time. Well, based on what I heard, Paul, da 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 da, is that about what, what's, what you're talking about? You want to do that every once in a while. I'm going to ensure
0: clarity and connection with summaries so we're working on the six steps the acrostic listen l-i-s-t-e-n you've given me through
1: list yeah
0: (laughs) and we got through five so far and and we'll be back right after this greatrelationships.com is the website we'll pick up the end right after this
2: quotes for great relationships when stress hits the system pathology overrides theology every time unless you are sold out to the truth dr. Marlin Howe. great relationships pursuing the best in work in life in love right thinking right relationships right now
4: Relationships can be great, and not just marriages or romantic relationships, all relationships. The Bible offers the same solution to what is essentially the same problem. What is the problem, and what is the solution? Study along with us to find out. Great Relationships is a video course offering biblically-based insight on relationships. In each video, watch Herman tame tough issues by discussing them in a casual online learning environment each of great relationships 12 chapters are subdivided into quick segments you could squeeze into a coffee break so if you've had time to listen to this promotion you have the time to sign up and start today visit our website at greatrelationships.com that's gr numeral eight relationships.com to sign up for our free newsletter pursuing the best in work in life in love right thinking right relationships right now We'll be you're listening
0: to Great Relationships for free. The website's greatrelationships.com GR8relationships.com You can sign up for a newsletter. That's kind of cool. Download the study guide or if you want to pay and really become the professional expert you can go to greatleaders.com That's GR8leaders.com Herman, before the break you were giving me six steps to listen.
1: That's all on the Great Leaders site in great detail. And, and it's on Great Relationships in Chapter 12. It's the first part of Chapter 12 in Great Relationships also. So it's how much you want to
0: study. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Okay. So before the break, you'd give me this acrostic,
1: right? Sit stuff for listen, right? Spells, listen, limit focus only to the speaker. Step one. Step two is image pictures more than hear words. That's the I image pictures more than hear words. And again, that step is so critical because that's the whole idea behind observational listening to see The pictures rather than just hear the words like it's saying there. S. Seek facts with good questions. And we'll take a little bit of time to talk about that here shortly. T. Trust simple and single questions. Don't throw a bunch of things out there that they have to think about answering two or three different types of questions or two or three different questions. One simple little question, like you heard me say about Robert Fritz. He didn't go, now, you know that killing people is a really bad thing that you know he simply said is that a good thing or a bad thing notice how simple and single that question is it doesn't leave a lot to be confused so you don't want me to say charles darrow for the defense your honor (laughs) that's exactly you don't want to do that especially in a conversation where you're trying to understand what's going on with the other person so that's the t trust simple and single questions then we had the e which is ensure clarity and connection with summaries Again, this is a very standard practice that will help you retain what's going on in a conversation. Two or three, four or five minutes into the conversation, just a quick little summary. So it... Is is this about right? What to, what's going on? You just play it back to them and let them let them say, yeah, that's about right, or no, that's not right. You missed this part. So that would be the E, ensure clarity and connecting with summaries, and then of course the N is what I mentioned at the very beginning. You need practice. It's a constant practicing. It's, a, it's an issue that what is really important for you to do, if you really want to listen, just, just alert somebody and say, uh, would you be willing to let me just practice listening? Or and you know like what that. took me a long time the first time we did
0: this? I'm serious. I, and I'm embarrassed to admit it. I thought listening was not talking.
1: Yeah, that's, that's what a lot of people think, and they don't tie that 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 issue there, the T, the, the in the listen, trust simple and single questions, it involves questions. If you don't have the listening coupled with questions, you're not going to do a very good job. I'm that, not understanding. You're not understanding, and you're certainly not observational listening, because you're not painting the pictures. Okay, so help me with these questions. How do I paint the picture? Let's just talk about it this way. We call it the rulers of discovery, and what how and why. The issue is most of us have a tendency to trust why questions. Now, what's the difficulty of a why question? What what happens when you ask a why question? Any any guesses on that? Any speculation on that? I opened the door for judgment and you told me not to do that. Yeah, you really do. You open the door for judgment, you open the door for speculation. When you ask a why question, it allows them to come up with, well, I could generate an answer for that one. That's that's literally what can happen at times. Do I have the permission to say, don't know, this is what happened and this sure, is what I did? Sure, sure. Well, oh, I just, just said what? When we ask why questions too often, it does create this idea of spe- speculation. The second thing it creates is this mindset of being defensive. Well, I've got to justify myself. I've experienced that with my dear wife, Louie, for many years until I figured this out. Started going, I was asking her why a lot of times, and, and that ended up with her thinking she had to justify herself to me. Changing it to what is a much better proposition, a much better way to consider a question. So why is a good question? I'm not, not opposed to it, but use it as a third question. Stick with what and how questions. That's, that's what we need to be doing. What and how? I, I'm asking because I remember high school journalism, right? Who, what, why, how, and when? Yes. But you're saying, no, what and wh-? all of those All of those five W's and the H work great. Th- that's fine. But the issue is what is the most powerful? what is the most powerful of those questions, because it is able to be broad or very narrow. It can generate great specificity or go for more generality. You can use it in so many different ways. You can take any why question almost and turn it into a what question. Why why were you doing that as opposed to what were you doing when that occurred? Here's the benefit. Let me make certain I mention this. What is so much better because it focuses people's attention on some specifics. What were you doing when you did that gets them to think specifically about that situation as opposed to why were you doing that? They're, they're searching for some abstract motive. No, what were you doing? That gives you a greater insight into what was going on and it hopefully stays away from that being defensive. Okay, and my one thing? One thing. I just want to always reinforce the the formula, you know, humility, focus, curiosity equals listening. Let's leave that one on the back burner and bring, why don't you ask more what and how questions? Start thinking about asking more what and how questions in your observation. That's office. going to take practice. It, will, it really will. In fact, a great practice that you can do is just try to ask all what and how questions in the next conversation you get into. If you want to learn more, that's Chapter 12
0: of Great Relationships at the website greatrelationships.com. That's com. We'll see you next time.
2: Day going Barbara. I can't even begin to tell you how terrific my life is right now. What a coincidence. My life is just overflowing with blessings too. Why just yesterday I found a hundred dollar bill on the ground. That's great. I saved a cat that was stuck in a tree and the owner was so thankful that she gave me a gift card to my favorite restaurant, Luigi's. Wow. I was in Luigi's just the other day and saved a man that was choking with the Heimlich maneuver. He was so overjoyed that he gave me tickets to that new play that's been sold out for weeks. That's amazing. I've been wanting to see that play myself. Really? I asked my husband and he didn't want to go. Will you go with me? That would be great.
4: Have you ever had days like this? (laughs) Neither have we. That's why we recommend Great Relationships. Join Herman as he offers you the opportunity to pursue the best for others. Kindly, patiently, sacrificially, and unconditionally. Right thinking right relationships right now.